Welcome, welcome back, world traveler. This is Fox Like News with fake Geraldo Rivera and his fake co-host, Jill Ralph. If you haven't heard, Kendrick Lamar dropped his latest album last week. Today, we will have our hosts analyze the new album. What do you have to say, Geraldo, about his latest album? Kendrick is painting a very severe picture of America. In one song titled XXX, like the porn, the lyrics say, <clears throat> Hail Mary, Jesus, and Joseph. The great American flag is wrapped and dragged with explosives. Now, he cannot make America seem as if we are terrorists. This image is far from the truth, and frankly, it's dramatic. He did not <clears throat> make it look sexy. No, he didn't. I mean, listen to this. Let me put the head in. This is completely inappropriate to teach the young people. And <clears throat> this what God feel like, yeah. Laughing to the bank like, aha. Flex on swole like, aha. Is this what we want to preach to young African-American men? I mean, what does this God look like? I know mine has blue eyes and is European. And what about it was always me versus the world until I found out it was me versus me? Well, Jill, you got me with that one. This is just another way to get black men to tear themselves apart. I thought this was supposed to uplift black men. There you have it. According to our white analysts, black men are not uplifted by Kendrick's music. Thanks, Fox and Friends. Hello, CNTs. Welcome back to WRCT 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Ariel. What's up, y'all? I'm Daryl, and this is CNT, your favorite femillennial news broadcast devoted to bringing you the sarcasm you deserve. Unfortunately, it's just us CNTs today. Tommy Loren has still not responded to our job offer as a co-co-host. Aww, but she's still in the blaze for wrongful termination, so we still have our hopes up. Get that money, let that contract expire, and come to us, girl. Our CNTs are open to you. Subscribe now to our show on iTunes. And stay tuned to CNT. Politically aware, but not always correct. Because of the deeply inspirational message shared in recent weeks by Kylie and her Pepsi can, America has completely stopped being racist. In fact, the KKK recently opened their doors to people of all kinds, including us Jews. And black people, too. That's right. Montana Klan leader John Abar is looking to rebrand the KKK to be more inclusive. This just in from Black Twitter. The sign-up sheet is outside Ben Carson's door. Abar says white supremacy is the old Klan. This is the new Klan. That sounds like something Allison Williams would say and get out the sequel. If she didn't die. Hey, don't spoil the ending of the movie. Oh, please. Anyone who hasn't seen Get Out isn't trying to see Get Out. True. And those are the people who actually need to see Get Out. Surprisingly, Imperial Wizard Frank Ancona isn't on board. He says, What this guy just did set back everything I've been trying to do for years. It's funny. I wasn't aware that racism was experiencing a setback. Well, as a black woman in America, it seems to be doing quite fine to me. To say the least, things in the U.S. have been pretty contentious lately. 
It was nearly impossible to find current events for this week since every headline had something to do with death, mutilation, or general hatred. But that's when Laverne Cox came to the rescue. You know Laverne Cox, best known for playing Sophia Brissett on Orange is the New Black, the first openly transgender person to be nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award in the acting category, and the first openly transgender person to have a wax figure of herself at Madame Toussaint. She also happened to be the first guest at CMU that didn't bore me to tears. What about Obama? We don't talk about him. And Lil B? I am not here for Lil B. Laverne Cox is a well-known LGBTQ advocate, and she used her platform to speak on the many injustices marginalized groups are faced with today, but defied expectations by impassioning her audience with love and awareness. Take a listen. Dr. West reminds us that justice is what love looks like in public. It's good, right? Justice is what love looks like in public, and trans and gender nonconforming people can use some justice. Some love today, poor and working people can use some justice. Some love today, people of color can use some justice. Some love today, immigrants, women, and people with disabilities can use some justice. Some love today. And ain't I a woman? We've all heard of Sojourner Truth here, yes? Yes! Sojourner Truth, the legendary abolitionist and women's rights activist, made an iconic speech on May 29th, 1851. That happens to be my birthday. Different year, though. (laughs) I'm not quite that old, although that would be a fierce moisturizer. (laughs) We can make a billion dollars in that Sojourner Truth moisturizer, honey. That would be the truth. Thanks again for coming to our campus, Laverne Cox, and for reminding all of us that trans is beautiful. Now it's time for our main story. Kendrick dropped his album, but unfortunately, that's not the biggest bomb of the week. Looking at you, Cheeto in Chief. The massive ordnance air bomb, nicknamed the mother of all bombs, is the largest non-nuclear bomb ever used by U.S. military on the battlefield. At 21,600 pounds, this mother of bombs obliterates everything within a thousand yards and creates a mushroom cloud almost five miles high. The bomb was targeting a tunnel complex in Afghanistan and is said to have killed 36 ISIS fighters. As of now, there is no evidence that any civilians were harmed. Wait, so no civilians were harmed? 36 ISIS fighters taken down? Why is this a bad thing? It's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just an important thing. This bomb wasn't developed for this attack. It's been burning a hole in our pockets since we were trying to make Sudan Hussein angry circa 2002. While Trump insists that this was not a political statement, it is clearly a show of militaristic strength. And since he's trying to boost the military's budget to unprecedented heights, it's important to pay attention to what he's doing. Or not doing. CNN, one of the fakest of resources, says the president has granted military commanders broader latitude to act independently on several battlefields where U.S. forces are involved, which Trump tooted as making a tremendous difference in the fight against ISIS. You see, General John Nicholson, commander of U.S. forces in Afghanistan, is the one that made the call to use the mother bomb, not Trump. Why would an egomaniac like Trump have delegated power like this? Wouldn't his teeny tiny hands want to clutch onto as much power as possible? Is it possible that despite all his trips to Mar-a-Lago, the president doesn't even know what's going on? And let's believe White House officials just for a moment and agree that using the biggest non-nuclear bomb was not a political move. The question still stands, how does bombing for peace make anything better? As George Carlin so eloquently put it, it's like screwing for virginity. 
With everyone focusing so much on the mother bomb in Afghanistan, it's also important to note that as of today, the U.S. has dropped 59 bombs in Syria. And you can't forget about those attacks in Iraq and Yemen. There have been noticeably higher civilian casualties as a direct result of these bombs. I'd be a lot less skeptical of all of this if Trump wasn't placing racist travel bans on anyone trying to escape the very countries he's out to destroy. That's a lie. I'd still be skeptical. Because before he left office, guess who committed $1 trillion to modernize the nuclear weapon system? Obama. I thought we weren't talking about him. And I all this is to say that the U.S. is not incapable of, nor far off from, inciting nuclear warfare. Rumors are circling Russia and China's nuclear developments. Plus, remember that time we signed that deal saying that we wouldn't check up on Iran if they promised to get rid of their nuclear bombs? The last time nuclear bombs were dropped was in 1945, during World War II. 50 million people were displaced at that time. Now, there are 65 million people displaced. Say what you will about the morality of nuclear bombings, but this is not the time to be shutting our borders to people in need. But guess who, of all countries, didn't drop a bomb? North Korea, whose missiles exploded five seconds after launch. They tried, but bombed by not bombing. Like the joke, which is bombing. Satellite images indicate that North Korea is preparing another nuclear test. And NBC reported on Thursday that the U.S. is preparing to launch a preemptive strike against North Korea should there be reasonable threat. At the very least, we can take comfort in the knowledge that Trump is too busy golfing to know what's up. Now, I know this has been a bit depressing, so it's time to turn to one of our own staff members, Javier Spivey. A presidential scholar in the arts and an up-and-coming spoken word artist, this past weekend he was the grand prize winner of Future Tenants Spotlight Competition. And this January, he won CMU's annual Martin Luther King Writing Awards. As a special treat, he has prepared a spoken word just for us CNTs. If you like what you hear... You can check out his poetry on his YouTube channel at Yo Soy Bariqua Boy, coming soon. Oh, y'all want to know who I am? Well, I'm a black Rican man born by the Ku Klux Klan. Wesleyan pops in charge of the black student body. Latino student union led by my mother hottie. 85 KKK came to Middletown to play. My folks said, ha, hey, bitch, no way. So they out there with the whole school protesting. Negroes are Aryans, who you think they arresting? But Cupid's little arrow put them in the same cell. And 15 years later, out that pussy I fell. So hello, Trump voters, I thank you with some might. Cause y'all's Hayden ways brought the sperm cell to light. So sit back, buckle up, and get ready, y'all, right? Cause this is the story of how I wanted to be white. But before a story unfolds, we gotta go to school when I was seven years old. Couldn't speak Spanish without being smelly taco man. Couldn't speak English white enough to understand. So books were my friends, I can say they knew me when. I was five, I was six, I was seven, eight, nine, ten. You see, my grandma can't see going blind in the eyes, but she never let this brother take his eye off the prize. Javier L.H. Bivey, she would say to me, why you think white people didn't want slaves no illiteracy? Cause you can proclaim emancipation when your mind is freed. And Javi, boy, I know I can't see, but I'll be damned if I don't teach you how to read. So Grandma Joe came and gave me my ABCs, balanced bibliophile breakfast, vitamins A to C. 
Traffic signs with training wheels for Dickens, Twain, and Wild. A mind in jeopardy of being so much more than a child. So boys would bully me this and they would bully me that for being gay, being loud, and being proud, being black. But in my mind, I could fight these boys right back like the heroes I've read about. Best believe I had the almanac. Superman, Harry Potter, George Washington, Atticus Finch, Spider-Man, FDR, Thomas Edison, T.E. Lawrence, Peter Pan, Iron Man, Batman, Man, and the X-Men. White men, white men, all I read about was white men. White men, white men, all I saw on screen were white men. White men, white men. All I learned about was white men, white men, white men. I wanted to be like those white men. I wanted to stop all my bullies like these white men. I wanted to pay history like these white men. I wanted to be celebrated like these white men, but it wasn't straight, wasn't white. Am I a man? Damn. So I looked to my folks and hope I'd find a hero in them and could cope and go on with the show. My mama, one of the best educators in the nation, Wesleyan, Harvard, and Columbia were her day shifts. At night, she was busy building in different locations, charter schools for her East Harlem Henthes. Ora Neil Hurston Academy was first, and many more couldn't stop her, but nothing could prepare her for the wonder-bred suburbs. Became principal of a little school in Jersey, saw of the black and Latino kids were really hurting. The only thing special about their education was they had every class in the cold, dark basement. So here my mom comes to save the day, revamp the special ed system, and every single way. Remember, this the woman who could stop the KKK, but the one thing she couldn't was the white PTA. Told her she was favoring all the kids of color and made sure she never taught again in the suburbs. Left my Ivy League educated mother broken, unemployed, and her children to think if she was white, we'd still have money for toys. So I turned to my father to be my hero then. But he couldn't hide the racist world from me when I was 10. He made it a joke, tried to help me understand that his passion could make him seen as an ABM. ABM, you want to know what that stands for? Angry black man, you want to know even more? Merchant's eyes always followed him in the store. Ivy League classmates always assumed he was poor, and his ethnicity was the only thing that got him through the door. Bought an apartment, they thought he white on the phone, but that all changed when they saw his skin tone. Got run out of races for being the only brother. Negro, you ain't wanted here, run short distance like all the others. And Javi, he'd say after he told me these tales, you know I spoke up, I know you know it damn well, but in this world all some people can see is an ABM instead of the true me. Wait, Dad, I'm allowed to be angry. Damn, and so are you. Don't you see everything this nation has put us through? But all of the challenges have brought light to what is true. I don't want to be white. I want my point of view. We are fighters with lighters. We set oppression aflame. But with truth, we don't forget the roof from whence we came. So I'ma speak up and shake off this damn shame. I'ma speak up and win this rigging game. I'ma speak up and save my damn name and claim every part, every heart, every scar. Because every time we fight, we remember who we are. PTA, KKK, Trump voters, watch out. Because this shut in his damn mouth. Thank you so much for sharing, Javi. Now it's time for our favorite CNTs, Yaya and Nene, answering some questions from our callers. Next, I can't believe it's almost graduation. What's your next step? President. You, as president of the USA. Every other president made it look hard, but not Trump. He drops bombs like it's a video game. And yesterday his lawyer said because he's the president, he gets blanket immunity against our lawsuits. So maybe being president really is easy. He can murder someone and he get a lollipop. That's amazing. If that's what you consider amazing, then how'd you really feel about the secondhand medieval hat I got you for your half birthday? You also called it amazing. And you should call it sarcasm. You're on with Yaya and Nay. 
What plagues you? Hi, I'm the food and beverage manager at a university. It's time to put in another order, but I don't know what to get. Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi has given us a deal for several years now, but given the recent commercial controversies, should I buy Coke this time around? On one hand, Pepsi already apologized and pulled the ad, but on the other hand, I don't want the student body to think we endorse ignorance. I think people's reactions to the commercial are ridiculous and oversensitive. Keep buying Pepsi. Kendrick and Rihanna said so in their new song, so it must be true. Loyalty is obsolete when it comes to race and political exploitation. But their intentions were to spread love and unity, not to exploit race. Oh, you don't think so? One, the song in the commercial, Lions, is by Bob Marley's grandson, about Black Lives Matter. Two, the commercial was released on the death anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr. Three, the Muslim woman gets a lot of screen time, yet her storyline is nonsensical, which means she was just there to check a diversity box. So, don't make it seem like they weren't aware of their racial implications. So, let me get this straight. We're mad at Pepsi because they paid a black musician for rights to his poignant song. We're pissed they cast black and Muslim actors. And we're also mad they wanted to spread a unity message. What's next? Slamming Colgate because they only have white floss and not all the colors of the rainbow? To be fair, I'd probably floss more if there were cooler colors. <laughs> but what exactly is everyone so mad? Is it a casting issue or a conceptual issue? If they cast Beyonce instead of Kendall Jenner, wouldn't it be just as problematic? But people wouldn't be mad. They'd be posting pictures of Pepsi with the caption, yes, hashtag Pepsi for BLM. It's both, Yaya. Let me walk you through the commercial. Kendall is doing a photo shoot in the midst of a protest for half of the freaking commercial. The epitome of white privilege. Then, it wasn't the protest itself that gets her to join. It's some man who she probably wanted to have sex with that makes her stop the photo shoot and join him. Please note, she doesn't really join the protest. She just steals a Pepsi and walks right up to the cop. And that's when everyone she is because peace has been attained. Get out of here. It makes the protesters' efforts worthless and it sends the message that cops just need a peace offering and then all the problems will go away. It's citizen blaming. First of all, to imply that Kendall only joins the protest to have sex with a guy is both sexist and offensive. Secondly, just because the world in the Pepsi commercial does not mirror our own doesn't make it insensitive to show it. Well, our world deserves to be represented, not some fake world to go along with our fake news and fake activism. All right, all right, now I'm even more torn. Just tell me, should I buy Pepsi or not? Let us deliberate. So Pepsi made an attempt, albeit a misguided and opportunistic one, to make their products synonymous with peace. So while we shouldn't demonize their efforts, we can't unduly excuse its mistake either. So like I said, don't buy Pepsi. But not because of the commercial. Don't buy Coke either. Everyone needs to be less carbonated. Thanks, Yaya and Nene. That's it for today, guys. We'd like to take a moment to shout out the firewriters and contributors who made today's show happen. Daryl Bright, John Clay III, Alicia Etnoff, Erica Jackson, Katie Pine, Javier Spivey, and Ariel Zucker. Find us on iTunes under CNT. 
Catch us next Tuesday at 5 on WRCT 88.3 FM for our last episode of the season. I'm your host, Ariel. And I'm Daryl. And this is CNT, reminding you to wake, wake up and, and stay, stay woke. woke. Later. Later.